0: how are you? Really well, thank you. I cannot complain. I'm enjoying a few days off and um, enjoying the sunshine. So yeah, I've got no complaints. You look very well. It's very good to see you. I feel like it's been forever. It's been a long time. The last time I saw you was uh, about a year ago, was it?
1: let me intro properly. Hi, I'm a Queer fee founder of the British Blacklist and the wonderful voice you're hearing that we're just chatting. I feel like an old friend. I think I can comfortably call you an old friend. I'd like you to introduce yourself. Who are you and what do you do, please?
0: My name is Michelle Greenwich, and I am an actress. I'm very happy to say that I'm an actress now. I haven't always been an actress. I actually had a 20-year career working in local government before I trained. So I trained as an adult whilst I worked full time for one of the biggest London boroughs. My journey into this career has been very different to lots of people. I didn't do the drama school route.
1: Um, I feel like I need to take, my, take back my talk. I'm like my great friend, Richard. I did not know you worked in government. I did not <laughs> do that. I actually didn't look, I know when we met, you were kind of, I think probably maybe three years into your, three or four years into your acting career. Yeah. So yeah. what was it about working in government that you
0: were like, nah, this is not for me? Oh, you know what? After doing 20 years, I was completely burnt out. And also, it wasn't my first choice of career. I mean, I always wanted to be an actor, but it was just pressure from my parents to get like a, a proper job. When I was at school and I was at the point where I was choosing my options, of course, you want to please your family. So I, I asked them if it would be OK for me to take drama. And my mum's reaction to that was, <laughs> drama, me, i will go to be drama. <laughs> so that was a no. You end up making choices that please your family, don't you? So, um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I could have chosen two paths. One was to be an actor and the other was to be a sportswoman. Um, I was really good at sports when I was young. I ran 100 metres. I was really good at discus. I was really good at badminton and netball. There were lots of things that I was really good at. Since I was you know, in primary school, I I competed quite competitively in those sports and did really well. And it was only due to injury that I didn't think I should pursue it because I kept tearing my hamstrings from a very young age. I first tore my hamstrings, I think, when I was 10. Um, because I was competing so much and not warming up properly that just continued throughout my youth. yeah I, I gave that a knock on the head but yeah I always wanted to be an actor but you know I I, I mean my parents wanted me to work in a bank <laughs> not that I was any good with numbers I was rubbish at numbers
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's that thing where parents just they pick something that sounds good that they can explain well to their friends but how do your parents feel now about you know about your acting career and
0: Sometimes I still feel like they don't really get it. I mean, you know, yeah. they, they watch some things and not others. And, you know, I, I might hear from my family, oh, we saw you on the news the other day, you know, where they'll show a clip of something. And, you know, I, I think they understand it, but I don't know. I think because I had that 20-year career doing something else, I think the adjustment for them is still a little bit delayed in lots of ways. I get you. Uh, and it is for me too, you know. I'm There are still moments in this career where I kind of think to myself, my oh God, like... This is weird, you know. There are lots of scenarios that I'm not necessarily as comfortable as most other actors, and, and that can be anything from like meetings to auditions, mm. or you know, when you're out and about doing the networking thing. It's it doesn't always come naturally to me. It's something that I do, but I'm always aware that this is this feels a little strange.
1: What I always get from you is so down to earth and relatable and humble, and I think it is possibly you're coming into it. I don't know how to, like a fresh eyed perspective into it. So yeah. not every actor or creative gets that, but you haven't got the kind of been there, done that, jaded or self of entitlement. So I think it's almost like you're surprised when you get like a good role and stuff. And it's like, you're so talented. What was the role that really validated like, oh, okay, I've made the right decision and... I feel like I belong in this space.
0: I feel very lucky to say that all of the choices I've done have been the right decision for me because I've had to turn things down or or things have clashed and things haven't gone my way for whatever reason. But it's all worked out. But I think Mm. there were two jobs that shifted my career. And I think the first one was Nine Nights at the National Theatre. Yes. And the second was I May Destroy You. Although I did one episode, uh, I played Michaela's mum, her character's mum. I just can't explain it. You know, she's an amazing human being. And she allowed not just me, but all of us to just bring what we're bringing. You know, she wasn't prescriptive about what she wanted. It was what you thought it was. And she just went with that. And for me, it was such a moment in my career to work with her and her mum. Um, Her mum is an amazing human, you know, just humble and lovely. She just let me be myself, you know. I mean, I remember for the fittings. I always turn up with my own clothes just in case people don't have outfits that I think uh, really fit the characters that I'm playing. And also, because I'm quite tall and I'm a certain size, I want to make sure that the clothes I'm wearing are right. So I remember turning up the fitting with a massive suitcase full of clothes (laughs) her mum I think her mum was so shocked I think her mum thought I was a bit touched because it was like why is she coming with all the clothes they had something for you you know but even from that moment they both of them just let me do my thing and be myself and I really felt like I was part of their family because that's how they embraced me um, and I was comfortable from the get go and then able to produce good work because that's those are the ingredients that you need to to do your best.
1: Absolutely. And I must say, because you know, we have this in the UK, we are such a, a melting pot of cultures and heritage. And obviously, you're Caribbean and Michaela's character is Ghanaian. And I must say that you, because I'm Ghanaian, so I'm listening out for the inflections. And I'm sure you do as a Caribbean where people are doing putting on a Caribbean accent. Yeah. Um, um you're where you're Jamaican?
0: Yeah, my mum's Jamaican and my,
1: my dad is from Barbados. Okay, so hearing, you know, making sure that people pick up all the nuances and stuff. You did well, you did well with the Ghanaian Absolutely. accent. Uh, uh, so I was like, cause I was listening, and I was like, okay, cool, she did it, she <laughs> nailed it. I wasn't I wasn't taken out and thinking, oh well, my goodness. Because, even, you know, we talk about the co- cross-cultural differences when it comes to white people and black people, but the inter-heritage and intercultural differences, yeah. it's real. Yeah. So we can always tell when someone's not from our country doing so then it can often be a bit like oh my god but you did well so I want to round of applause you on that you so
0: much thank you but just
1: just because obviously we're here to talk about code 404 it is um you come back for season three yes
0: season
1: so, three from season one to now when you get cast for a role in anything yeah. and then it do you I mean I don't know if you knew in advance that this would last for as long as, as it has But are you ever surprised, like, oh, my God, another season. Oh, my God, I'm still in it.
0: Do you know what? With any job that I do, they are not guarantee how far something's going to go. And that's just the nature of 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 this industry. industry. Yeah. It can depend a lot on viewing figures and, you know, the popularity of the show. But with Code 404, the writing is so, so good. It's just so different to everything else that's out there. I knew that it had the potential to just fly. And absolutely, that's what it's done.
1: And I mean, you are sitting amongst the cast of stellar, stellar actors. You know, Stephen Graham is a legend, oh. as we know. Can you tell us about your character and the and your character's journey? And I know we're not going to get deep into what happens in season three, so no spoilers. However, your character's name, journey, and expectations, or what we can look out for in season three.
0: So yeah. I started off as Officer Williams, Daniel Mays's character, DI Major. Just couldn't get my name right, so. For the whole of the first season, he was calling me Judy. And, and there is a Judy, but it's not me. And that wound me up a, a lot. Uh, and I ended up telling him again and again. And he still didn't get it. Season two, I was promoted to a detective sergeant. And I let him know what my name was. And yeah. my name in season two, and in season three, is Judith Papastakopoulos. And uh, when I was keeping the script with that name, I nearly died. <laughs>
1: Can I just jump in and say, you know the reason why I handed yeah. that over? I did not want to try and say the name. I've tried to say it. I was trying to say it, and now I'm not saying it. You say it. I'm not even going <laughs> to try. Say it again for us. <laughs> Do
0: you Papastopoulos? Papastopoulos? Papastopoulos. Papastopoulos. I've, I've got a list. <laughs> I mean, I'm used to it now. It, I, it took a hot minute for me to to get used to the pronunciation, yeah. but once you've said it a few times it's fine actually and I I think it's really comical and I'm really glad that they left it till season two to to announce what my real name was it was just fun um and the timing was right
1: yeah so what's happening with I'm not I'm not doing it
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would say that she's underestimated she's often overlooked by, by everyone really you know but in the Special Investigations Unit, I think without her, they it would fall apart. You know, yeah. She's one of the hardest working, one of the smartest. She spends a lot of her time whilst investigating cases, having to juggle and clean up after the mess that Dion Carver and Major have made together, because they are just crazy, the pair of them, and, and they make a lot of mistakes between them, and they just can't see eye to eye most of the time. So... She gets her hands dirty. She's not afraid to you know, get stuck in. She's no nonsense, you know. And I just love playing her because it's a joy really. She's very straight up and direct, but ultimately she wants to be a good cop and demonstrate that she's got the skills to bring the culprits to justice. So I, I absolutely love playing her.
1: In all the characters you've played, like what, what makes her so comfortable for you? And is she a favorite?
0: She's funny in her own way. I like the fact that she is just no nonsense. That she she says it as it is. And there are lots of characters that I play that don't necessarily do that or aren't allowed to do that. But working on 404, they're, they're so collaborative and they allow you the autonomy to to do things in a way that you feel is right. You know, they, they don't straightjacket you into what they want. You know, so you can have a play, and it's why. We have such a great time on the job. You know, we spend so much of it laughing and I spend a lot of time getting my makeup retouched because I'm in mean, tears, tears. Because uh, <laughs> Daniel is just, he's awesome. I mean, there's just the way that he brings it, you cannot help but just fall to the ground in stitches. He's so talented, as is Stephen, the two of them together on set. Just madness. It's crazy, and a lot of the time, it's just a lot of nonsense, you know, because they're having fun and we're all really comfortable. Anything goes on set, and um we just have an amazing time. I love my cast and crew on that show.
1: I I think that's very special because not everyone gets that kind of rich experience on set, and so coming from I may destroy yeah. what you said on I may destroy you, and I did want to go back to Nine Nights because. Yeah. I remember the reviews around Nine Nights, your name rang out, like people were pulling out your performance and being like, that's one to watch as it were, and you're a scene stealer. Um, I mean, that's not always something that people get, get that validation, get that recognition, especially a late starter. And especially if we're really frank about black women occupying this space in the acting world, especially from the UK, it's not often easy. And I'm not saying that your journey has been easy, but have you found navigating this space as an actress? And I think you've got such a varied um slate of work on your CV. Like you've done sci-fi, you've done comedy, you've done theater, you've done drama, you've done and really significant things like small acts. And I made a story, obviously, and time wasters and things like that. What's your experience as a black actress? Has it been a struggle? And I don't want to labor on that, but it's just understanding your sp-
0: I can't complain because because I came into this quite late. Mm. I was really concerned that having that late start would set me back. And I, well, when I started out, I do now, but I didn't have the same relationships and experiences with casting directors, with producers and writers. So I, I really felt that that would in some way hinder my ability to take my career forward. But it actually didn't. I mean, I can't complain. My journey was... In comparison to lots of people, quite short. In as much mm. as I started out in, a, in uh, doing theatre after ten years um, in a play called All Saints, written by Nicola Baldwin, and that was in a venue in Peckham. It got mm. really well reviewed, and then after that, uh, Clean Break, who are an organisation that I is very close to my heart. I love Clean Break. They deal with women affected by the criminal justice system. Yeah. They met with me for a play that was going to Edinburgh Fringe. Um, called House, written by the awesome Somalia Seaton. Yes. And um, the play did really well, and it went to the Yard Theatre. And then from there, I was offered a part in the house they grew up in, written by Deborah Bruce, which went mm. to Chichester Theatre. So, you know, the steps already, you know, I'm going to Chichester, which is quite a prestigious venue yeah. for any actor in their career. And then straight from there, I went to National, and then straight National, I went to the West End. So in terms of how much work I've had to do to get to where I am now, my journey, my hops have been quite major. The steps I've taken have been quite big steps in a relatively short period of time in as much as I haven't had to do lots of theatre to get to where I am now. And then after Nine Night, I focused mainly on TV and film. And because the opportunities were there, I took them. I love theatre and it's something I really want to get back to at some point, but I am really looking for the right script and I love new writing. So um, I don't feel that I've had it hard. I can't complain because of the, the prestigious venues that I've worked at and all of the brilliant people that I've worked with, not just actors, but directors, you know, I've worked with Stephen Queen and Ricky Gervais and, and lots of great people. So I, I really can't complain.
1: And what I know is that people seek you out. they like, they see you and they're like, it's you, Ricky Gervais, Steve McQueen. They've sought you out. What's so special about
0: Michelle? I don't know. I, I do think that the, the route that I took not to go to drama school meant that I acquired lots of life experience. Okay. And, and I'm able to draw on that and bring it to my work as an actor. And when I worked in local government, the work that I did was very stressful, which was like investigating client fraud, but also staff fraud. And then from there, I went into complaints. So I've had the experience of being able to work in conjunction with a number of agencies, you know, the police, mental health organisations, uh, organisations that do with young people, domestic violence. I've lived those experiences. You know, you can't not, because when you're involved with working with people who have fallen on hard times, you can't help but feel what's happened to them because you're witnessing everything. And they're ultimately, a lot of the time, they're relying on you to support them through. And you end up getting involved in lots of other aspects of their lives in some way or another just to help them. So I feel very fortunate that that has helped me to be the person I am today. And I wouldn't change the route that I've taken. You know, I'm glad I didn't go to drama school because... I feel like I do have a bit of an edge on lots of things because I have the experience of it, even the simplest of things like you go on a job, for example, on Afterlife, I play a receptionist and it's not just about picking up the phone, pretending or typing, because I've performed that before, I'm thinking about my backstory, I'm thinking, well, this is performance related pay, you know, I've got to meet my targets, going the extra mile, being supportive to other people, you know, making sure that I behave in a way that's not going to, Getting into any trouble uh, so there's all sorts of things going on for me behind the characters that i play as you're saying i'm thinking
1: so should all drama school kids have a, like a year or two work experience in life before they not obviously maybe not before they book jobs but they could they should be like take down time to go and live life because i think you can see when someone I... is performing the role as you said fake typing rather than actually yeah. in those nuances yes i would say yeah because
0: Without that experience, you're thinking about what you think it should be. And for me, I'm somebody that totally immerses myself in what I'm doing. I like to be, I like to try and be that chameleon that can turn myself into whatever the role requires without somebody saying to me what they're looking for to just be able to bring it. And that way you're able to show something that they may not have been looking for in terms of your director, you know. So, yeah, I think it gives you the confidence to go out there and know that you can do something, can have a play around with it. Instead of just acting what you think it should be, this career as an actor, it's a hard life. There are no guarantees. So if you don't have anything else to fall back on, if it doesn't work out, because none of us know how the journey is going to end up, it's good to have experience in something else that you can earn a living from. For example, so it's a hard one because it is what it is for lots of people. Lots of people go to drama school and you know they go to good schools and they're taught you know really well and and. It, all depends on what happens next. And it can be really tough if you don't make it.
1: Not to look, I mean, your career is not done and we've got to enjoy this latest series, but what's next? What's um, on your tick box for like roles or?
0: I, yeah, I just want to keep building the body of work that I've got and do more comedy, more drama. You know, I'd, I'd like to really take my career to the next level. There's a lot that I can do that I haven't shown yet. I really want to be able to, to do more of what I love. Though you
1: haven't had to struggle getting to the roles that you, you're getting so much work, that but you've said it more than once, like someone like me, so you're tall, you're a black woman and stuff like that. So what mm-hmm. would be a role that would be groundbreaking for someone like you to break the mold mm-hmm. or the stereotypical thought process of what actresses, how actors should be cast and based on their looks or anything?
0: There's nothing specific, but what I would say with me is really important that whatever I do, I'm happy doing it. My happiness is so much more important than than any role. I mean, if I I get a job, that's great, but I'm somebody who loves to work with great people on great scripts, you know, on a production that's great. Whatever comes up, if I like it, I, I want to do it, whether that's here, whether that's in the States as long as I like what it is in front of me.
1: I hear that. I was going to say you're going to go to America. Would
0: you go? I would go. I mean, I can't lie. I'm a bit of a homeboy. I do like South London. I love my cats and, you know, my husband. I like being at home. But if the job took me away, I'd do it. I mean, this year I've spent quite a lot of time travelling. I've been working in Morocco. And the job that I'm doing now is taking me to different countries which is lovely. It's nice to kind of be away from home and enjoying doing what you're doing in beautiful places. So yeah, I'll, I'll do what it takes. I mean, I wouldn't want to live in America, but if a job came up that required me to be there for X amount of time, I, I, I'll do that as well. I mean, you know, I don't have children, so my cats and my kids, but you know, they've got my husband. And so, you know, the world's my oyster really, you know, I can kind of pretty much do what comes up.
1: I hear that. Um, so we've got some quick getting to know you questions before we go. Yeah. Give me a book that you have to have with you at all times.
0: Right, well, that's a question, because I don't read a lot.
1: Ah, that's interesting.
0: Not everyone does, though. Not everyone does. You know what? I'm a person, if I pick up a book, I've got to read it continuously until it finishes. Okay. If I don't do that, if there are breaks in my reading, then I feel like I've got to go back and start again, because I need to be involved in everything. Oh, so I think because of the nature of my work and I'm sent lots of scripts, that interferes with my ability to enjoy reading. So I don't do enough of it.
1: What was the last um, book? Okay, well, have you got a favourite book just in general or not at all?
0: Oh, yeah, there is a favourite of mine. Um, it's Queenie. I loved it. And I, I read that cover to cover. I couldn't put it down. But that was the first book that i would read for, I can't lie, for years which is terrible really, but it, it is what it is. Give me um, a film or a TV show that you can watch
1: on repeat all the time, whenever it's on, you know the words.
0: Oh, gosh. Well, those are generally programmes like, I like comedy. So Mandy, I've watched Code 404 lots of times. I could watch the Stephen Queen series again and again because those, okay. those stories just touch me. And because I'm from that era, Yeah. I, Really fond memories and associations that I have that remind me of my childhood and my family.
1: Just to touch on that, we didn't talk about mangrove. That's one of the favourite ones, standout episodes that you were in. Just speak to a little bit of your experience just before we go back to the rest of the questions. What was oh, that?
0: Like, was, as you said, it was incredible. It was an incredible experience working with Stephen Queen because of the nature of my main scene, which was in the police station. The stunt coordinator came to me and said that look, we're not allowed to give you any cushions or padding or anything because the set is very small and the camera will show the entire space. And I actually learned quite a lot about myself as an actor in that moment in the rehearsal for that scene because Steve had asked for us to uh, rehearse it at like 50%. And when he asked for that, my heart sank because I thought, oh my God, I can't do it at 50%. I'm not a person that kind of maps things out like that. I have to feel it inside like to the point that you know my blood will be tingling my body will be tingling um but I will be shaking inside I've got to feel something before I know what's going to happen with it and I heard what he'd asked for and I thought I can't do that but I can't say I can't do that let me just do it at kind of like 95 um and then I kind of knew how I would feel in those moments and I did that and That was it for me and it was it for them because originally they planned to shoot the scene in the police station in three shots but actually they got it in one after they had watched what I'd done in the rehearsal. He was so happy with the work that I did. I mean, you know, I'm not a small girl, you know, When I came off the set and he watched the footage back. Steve came out and picked me up. (laughs) It was a moment for me in my career. I mean, I had on this woollen dress And I don't know how, but by the time I'd done that scene three times, all of my torso was scratched. I completely lost it on the set, but I had to feel those moments. Of course, working with Letitia and Sean was was just an awesome awesome experience for me. I had the uh, the best time, and and he trusted me to do that. So, yeah, I mean, I said to Steve that I waited five years for the project because I set an alarm on my phone saying, check the progress of the Stephen McQueen project five years because I'd heard about it and and back then I was doing corporate role play I've got the opportunity I could do this job you know And when it came up I was very fortunate to be the only person seen for that role I've come away from that job just really happy with how it all turned out because all of the films are great and that was one of the things that Steve kept saying that you can't believe how everybody's just bringing it and you know bringing their best work to the table it was just an amazing
1: experience. I mean, and the project is is legendary, iconic, and something that was so needed. So, hats off to everyone involved. Um, quickly back to the questions. Um, give me a, a piece of music or an album or a soundtrack that best defines you.
0: Oh, anytime, Brian McKnight. I'm an R and B queen. You know, I used to be on the rave circuit. You know, I know all the DJs and all that. But. Anytime time by Brian McKnight is something that I will always jump to play. I mean, I was listening to that yesterday the day before. I love it. 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 It's, it's very special. It touches me.
1: Most impactful thing you've seen on stage, and that could be a concert of play, but something you saw on stage that had the most impact on you?
0: Oh, that's but There's so many things. I'm just, let me just think about Romeo, yeah, at school, in primary school. Well, I can't say it's one of my favourites.
1: That's fair, because I guess it's what the, the, the trigger for you to be become an actress or
0: whatever. Obviously. Well, no, the trigger was actually my drama teacher at school. My drama teacher at school was Trudy Goodwin, okay. who played Sergeant June acting in The Bill. Trudy taught me drama at school, and she was really the reason I became an actor, because I had such a good relationship with her, and she's so brilliant at what she did. Um, when she left our school, I was devastated, you know, but she went to start on The Bill. You know, she was such a good lovely person it wasn't like I'm the teacher and you're the pupil and you know she was more like a friend and just very honest and down to earth and very supportive and kind that just stayed with me my whole and it still does I mean I'm in contact with Trudy now still I'm just so blessed to have had her as my first teacher in drama because she taught me a lot about life really yeah she's the reason I became an actor 100% well that's 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 a beautiful answer
1: and what's made you sad, mad, and glad this week?
0: Okay, what's made me sad this week is that I've got my shooting dates for next week and they're not as long as I hope for because I'm oh. having such a brilliant time on this job. I hope to be out there for a bit longer. Mad um, hmm, mad that uh I'm getting some work done at home and the price has come up more than I would like. Glad that I am having the best time being at home this week focusing on my family and home life just being able to rest and chill and do my thing because I don't always get to do that without the pressure of auditions and stuff
1: Michelle it's so good to talk to you it's been since forever and I've been meaning to this for ages and I'm glad we got it in when can we
0: watch Code 404? Um, It's on Sky comedy and now tv and you can also binge watch it if you want to watch all six episodes and series three is the best series yet so please do give it a watch and yeah support it because the whole cast are amazing and not just as cast but as human beings Mm -hmm. they've just brought it i'm so happy to be part of it
1: and we're happy you're part of it it's a great series i love it
0: thank you so much Thanks so much